Welcome to the Psychosphere. My name is David Sutcliffe, and my guest today is Bruce Sanguin. This is Bruce's second appearance on the Psychosphere. Bruce is a former minister in the United Church of Canada, now a psychotherapist specializing in the use of psychedelics for healing and transformation. He is the author of seven books, including his latest, Dismantled, How Love and Psychedelics Broke a Clergyman Apart and Put Him Back Together. It's a great read. It's a great book. Bruce is incredibly wise and insightful, and he shares his wisdom on this episode of The Psychosphere. Please enjoy my conversation with Bruce Sanguine. I would just prefer to not be careful and then not post it as opposed to, I don't know. All right. But I know you have. Constituency. Yes. I know you have your constituency. And, you know, some people are being reasonable with me. Uh, They're being reasonable, but I'm not. But since they're. Uh, I give I give fewer and fewer fucks about it, David. So you do, yeah. It's it's yeah. It's kind of, it's happening. Where I think we have to, don't yeah. we? Give fewer and fewer fucks. Totally. Because it's just it's out of control. Yeah, I'm gonna listen to this uh, Belgian professor on mass formation. You know the guy from No Agenda. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm convinced that. Uh, you know what Hannah Arendt said is you you have to be willing to uh, speak. Yeah, call it well, up. We, but we have to just. I mean, it's real simple. We just have to tell the truth. Yeah, the truth is how you fight evil. It's 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 really simple, and it's not. It's I, I guess it's and I, I maybe I, you know we could have a conversation about the nature of evil since you are a. Uh, is it fair to call you a theologian? Yeah, you could, you could say that. You are a theologian. I mean, you wrote me, you always, uh, we have these conversations and half the time, I don't know what you're talking about because, uh, would you stop me if I'm using stupid language? Well, it's not stupid. You're just educated and I'm not. What did you write me the other day? You said, uh, well, if there is a difference between the sort of field of neutral intelligence and God for you, something like that. Yeah, that's right. You said, uh, uh, look forward to discussing whether for you the amoral neutral field of intelligence is the same as what you mean by God. Mystics sometimes distinguish between the Godhead and God. Wonder if this is what they are referencing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess not for me right now, but I could be convinced otherwise. I mean, I'm still formulating my beliefs yeah. about God. I guess we all are all the time. But what is the... Is there a consensus view, a theological, theological? Is that a word? Yeah, <laughs> theological. Theological, sorry. Theo, theologic, right? Theologic, right? It's yeah. Like logic about God. So, so like, um, no, <clears throat> there's no consensus. I mean, who the fuck knows? <coughs> I, I, I don't know anything. All we have is our own, <coughs> own experiences. Well, I guess we, we've spent a long time trying to understand God. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Like, what is God? Yeah. Well, great. I mean... Let's here, start there. What is God? What is that? What is yeah. that? So, like, I guess in my experience, 
And I'm curious about yours. And just because it's my experience as well, doesn't mean that it's, uh, holds any authority except for me. So, right. Uh, but my experience is when I get down to the bottom of it for like, uh, you know, what philosophically or theologically would be called sort of the ontological bedrock of being itself. It's like, I would say that there is this font of intelligence uh, that is staggering mm. in its complexity and capacity. Um, so this comes online in ayahuasca ceremonies where you realize whatever this is, it's doing the whole room and it's doing it in very unique ways according to each person's particular context and life situation. Right. And then you, you kind of sit up in your mat and you go, Jesus, this thing, whatever this is, this is like staggering. So it's a direct experience of the intelligence of that, which we're referring to. I mean, this could just be ayahuasca's intelligence, which could be a step down from what we're referring to as God. I mean, I, 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 you know, these, there's multiple layers, right, in reality. And so, but even at that level, even if we say like ayahuasca is a step down from that which we're referring to as God or pure being, um, it's pretty staggering. So... So there, so there's that. There, so, so, so I, I say, yeah. When we get right down to it, there's this creative intelligence that just never ends. It's infinite, and it's a kind of self-organizing intelligence in that it works with chaos to bring about some kind of organization before that organization is broken down again, and you know the entropic forces of the universe kind of break it all apart, as happens with. Kali, the goddess of destruction, and, and but then it's built back up. So th that's all contained within this intelligence. Is that the cycle we're in now? We're, we're, Kali is destruction happening, a breakdown so that we can build it back up? Yeah, it feels like it. It feels right. like right, that's going on in an intense kind of way. I mean, it's always going on that the right. forces of chaos are the raw material for this self-organizing intelligence to build new worlds. And this is happening 24-7 in, right. in our time. And like it never ends. So in the Hebrew scriptures, there's a prophet named Isaiah who is speaking on behalf of this intelligence. It's coming through. And the intelligence is saying, behold, I do a new thing. It's springing forth now. Do you not perceive it? So this thing, this intelligence is happening now and now and now, building up, breaking down, building up, breaking down. It never ends. But maybe it's safe to say that it's, um, it's, it's bringing some kind of order out of the chaos, that bare minimum. Mm. But, but both are... Both are important to this creative process, both the chaos and then the order that emerges from that. Um, but there's one more element when I get down to the bedrock for me, uh, <clears throat> and that is that it, it actually has a bias toward relationality. In other words, there's an, 
there's a there's an ethic built in that there's an built into the bedrock is that there's an other and I care. And again, you know, this is why the so-called desert religions, uh, Islam, Judaism, and Christianity, uh, talk about God as love. That uh, implicit, implicit in a worldview or a theology that posits God as love you also have to accept that the fundamental nature of reality is relational because if um, God is love, there has to be something to love. And so in the doctrine of the Trinity, for example, in Christianity, and I need to say that I no longer would consider myself Christian, Mm -hmm. but just speaking about Christianity, I spent 30 years sort of uh, preaching from that perspective. Um, which doesn't mean I got anything right about it at all. I'm not saying that. It's just that I've inhabited that culture. So, so that they posit a trinity, which, which you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, or, you know, Mother, Child, Spirit, however you want to talk about that. But, um, but those, are, those are co-equal realities in Christian theology, which means that from the get-go, there's relationship built in. God is love, God is beloved, the Son, and God is lover, the Spirit. And so there's otherness built into the fabric of the universe so that the one we're calling God can actually love because without an other, there is no love necessary. There is no there's no call to love. It's only when there are actual others that love can do love. Mm. And, so, and so that that's built into it. That's why it's core. So there's creative intelligence. Absolutely. This, this, this God mm-hmm. is, is this cre- font of creativity. And I would say that, um, there's a bias in these traditions and in my experience in with medicine as well. And I could talk about that a little bit about my experience of that. Um, what is the, the bias? Yeah. What do you mean by that? The bias, the bias, is, the, the bias is to, is, is that there, there's a bias towards relationality, uh, towards the expression and manifestation of love. So, so it's not, indifferent or neutral i see i right? see you know as I, mean? I was as i may have been suggested suggesting in, in yeah and what I'm i was saying in the other podcast about your yeah. ex- experience of what that means for you mm-hmm. um because there's different ways of understanding that in that indifference or neutrality yeah yeah well, I haven't studied any of this. It's it's only on come Which, to me from my experiences and just thinking about it and through my meditations or ayahuasca ceremonies or sweat lodges or vision quests. Well, all of and that. that's that's why it's so authoritative when you speak. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and I do have an interest in in understanding uh, theology in, in a deeper way because I, I obviously there's a lot of powerful uh, writing and thinkers out there. 
that could probably give help give all this some context for me. I don't know. I mean, all I know is I had my primary definition of God came from my last vision quest. Now I'm going on another vision quest uh-huh. next Wednesday. So we'll see. <laughs> I'll report back if I get an update on the information. But the feeling that I got is like, if God is, well, in this uh, expression, God was nature. Just like all the things, nature, everything that exists here. And that nature has no preference. Reality, capital R, nature. Yeah, nature. And that nature has no preference, no judgment or no preference. Nothing. It just is. It's just an isness to it. Yeah. And we are all expressions of that. And that what I was being asked was to accept the light and the dark and to see that it was one thing. And that's very confronting because we want to, uh, I think, generally uh, preference the light right. as, as, uh, as better than or above and this was saying to me, no, you can't have one without the other. They are, in fact, part of the same thing. And so if you if you think about that, if you take that in, then you have to um, acknowledge and uh, honor evil or the darkness because it's part of the evolutionary process. It's, it's necessary. So in other words, we can't, we couldn't be going through this moment in time without uh, a manifestation of evil in my opinion, without the darkness, without people completely corrupted by their lower selves, by their shadows and acting out from that place. Because what it's doing for me is forcing me to find the God inside myself, to find the light inside of me and to rise up and to find the courage to speak my truth in the face of, uh, in the face of what I consider this evil. Now, maybe that's just a story that I'm telling myself in my head. And I know the other side is telling themselves the same fucking story. Yeah. But in right. your like in your language right now, yeah, you you indicated that uh, evil was in the service of you finding God. Yes, not that it was God. Right, but if it's in the service of me finding God, isn't it? It's necessary. also then God. Well, Do you know what I'm saying? Like, isn't 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 it part of it? Yeah, that's and that's an age old conversation among right. theologians the the origins of evil is it built into the godhead or is it an anomaly that came through a a fall a a choice of conscious creatures mm. and the freedom to disobey the freedom to disobey which is unique to humans animals right. aren't free to disobey angels right. according to the theology are not free to disobey, but humans have this unique position in the uh, in the hierarchy of beings that we are the ones who are free to disobey, free not to, uh, like in the language that you and I would be comfortable, mm-hmm. uh, own our shadow, yeah, and therefore be able to choose the light or the right. Tao, the way right that organizes the chaos and. Um, uh, is able to take a clear, strong stand for the true, the good, and the beautiful, because mm-hmm. precisely because we've owned our own evil. Right. 
our own capacity to disobey the way. The way. You know, just to use, uh, you know, in... Yeah, no. Yeah. There is a way. There the is Tao. There, the Tao. Yeah, there is, a, there is a way. I guess that's also what I'm coming to terms with is there is a way. There is a way to live. There, It's an optimal way and that uh, there's a reason that we have all these teachings whether it's the Tao or or Buddhist teachings or the Bible and there's or the crossover. Red, or the Red Road. Or the Red Road, right. Okay. And why there's disciplines and traditions and customs and you know, do it this way and practices because it forces us to be disciplined and that we need a kind of discipline to inoculate ourselves against the seduction of evil because evil is very seductive. And, you know, I, I, I got seduced in Hollywood. I mean, I got to Hollywood. I immediately got fucking corrupted. And I remember the moment. I remember the moment it was, it was, it had to do with sex. This woman came on to me and she was basically like, you just want to come back to my house and fuck. Hmm. And I remember feeling like, that's not a good thing to do. That's, that's, uh, you know, but I was, you know, as a young man, of course I wanted it to do it. It is the thing to do. <laughs> it is the way. You know? Maybe it is the it's way. It's finally happened. I, right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that was part of it. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm in Hollywood now. I'd never had an invitation like that, you know, put to me so frankly. And, I let myself be seduced by it. And it opened up a whole can of worms for me that took me years to undo. Like that was, like if it was a movie of my life, that was the inciting incident that then led me down the path of darkness that I've now redeemed myself or I'm, I'm the way to redemption. I don't know if I'm fully redeemed. And... Yeah, it's it's real. Like I knew what the right thing to do was. I knew in that moment what the right thing to do was, which was to say no. Yeah. I, I knew, but I wanted to well, here's the other thing. I wanted to have the experience. Yeah. I wanted go. to have the experience. I wanted to go up to the Playboy Mansion and swim in the grotto and be in that environment. I wanted to experience the evil and, and part of it was psychological i guess because i'd been a good boy my whole life mm -hmm. and finally it was like okay i'm gonna be bad and i rationalized it oh this is what happens you're in hollywood the rules don't apply that's what i thought that was my rationalization when you're yeah. in hollywood and you're making money and you're famous the rules don't apply to you yeah and that yeah. of course was yeah a complete lie and this is where I'd say that like your experience and articulation of kind of the amorality or the moral indifference of nature slash God, we still need yeah. to get that sorted out, I think applies uh, <clears throat> in that there's no God up there saying, you know, David, you're a, you're a, irredeemable sinner because you did that right the the point of it is to awaken you there there's yes there's something that's even necessary about you being in touch with the part of you that wanted to choose sort of the lower lowest dimensions of what it means to be human that are unresourced by the higher spiritual dimensions or even 
the and the and the ethics that right organically arise out of that connection between the lower and the higher mm. you know um because that's when i think uh, a kind of organic ethical stance comes online that is more than just being a good boy yes yes of course of course right yeah it's like yeah. more than just through your willfulness choosing to be a good boy which is which is a fruit or a manifestation of much as anything of being traumatized as a kid and having of course. to be good in order to be loved yes so it's only that spiritual vertical dimension of of spirit connecting the higher dimensions connecting with lower dimensions that I think gives rise to sort of an organic ethic where you see the other mm -hmm. and you have no desire to dominate the other mm -hmm. or to exploit the other as uh, for your own pleasure, but rather to relate to the other as a sovereign individual and thereby the possibility of love being born in that experience comes online, which is the way, you know, which is the red road. Mm -hmm. We we connect out of the desire to really love the other as other, not to appropriate them for our own lower instincts and meet our own narcissistic needs. Mm. That's interesting. So that that yeah. I'm really understanding your orientation here that because most of us see the other through some form of projection. Totally. And, yeah. And we see them as a means to satisfy our own needs our own, somehow. Our own unmet needs. Yeah. So I can like give you a little experience that I had on, um, <clears throat> you know, in an LSD journey with my therapist where... Um, and this also informs our conversation about sort of the uh, ethics as part of the ontological bedrock of reality or nature uh, is that I set, I set myself the task in this acid journey to build a metaphysical system that could be reduced to two principles. Did I tell you this? No. Okay. So that was the, I, I don't know why two principles, but that's, yeah. So I started building the, the 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 pyramid. I had to get every part right, and I would just silently be doing this. And I'd get to the apex of the pyramid, and I'd see the flaw. It couldn't be reduced to two principles. It was like three principles. I had you were talking this out with your therapist under yeah, the influence yeah, of was, LSD? You're yeah. working it out with him. I'm working it out. And I'm is he or I'm she out. He's just with you or it. just listening? Just listening. Just right. really, you know, just... Letting it be, kind of smiling every once in a while, right? Right. So that would break down, and I'd have to, like, the Sisyphus pushing, you know, the ball up. It would crumble, and I'd have to start over. Did this four or five times. Finally, in the fifth time, it broke down. I ended up on my carpet. I threw up because I saw my ego at work and how sickening it was mm. to see how strong my mind was in that moment trying to well ultimately i realized that what i was trying it, it was an early defense mechanism so i didn't have to feel the trauma of lovelessness from mm. my, from my mother so i moved all the energy up here 
and started trying to figure out what the fuck happened to me. Right. So if I could just figure it out and reduce it all down to. So project failed absolutely in the LSD journey until I puked all over the place. Then I looked up and I saw my therapist and I saw him. I actually saw him as other. And for the first time, my my eyes open and I and I then I was given the two principles like mm. I didn't I didn't figure it out the two principles were given to me and they were after you puked all over the after place. I puked all over the place and I saw him and I just went holy shit there is an other and I was I was like there's an other there's an other and and it was just me taking his unfathomable and infinite otherness in and an otherness that I could never know mm-hmm. and taking in that I was other to his otherness as well. Mm-hmm. And there we were. And I gave up that narcissistic project of trying to appropriate him into my egoic structure. I understand. Right. So that, so that I could feel filled up by use him to fill up my other, my emptiness, my emotional right. vacuum. Right. And suddenly he was free to be him. So that was the first principle. There is another. There is another. I experienced the the sovereignty of his otherness. And there's probably a lot of people, and we'll get to the second principle, that don't even know what the fuck we're talking about because they're like, of course there's an other. What are you talking about? Uh, the, the, the person's right over there. Yeah. But they don't really understand, which because obviously we've done a lot of work that we, as I said earlier, we're constantly in a state of projection. Totally. Like we're not really seeing them. We're only seeing them through the lens of, like I said, our need or our narcissistic need. Yeah. And, or we're projecting on to them what we think they are, or they represent something to us, but they don't actually exist outside of our own consciousness. That's not something that I think a lot of people can fully grasp. Right, that everybody that comes into your orbit in some way when you're relating to them is just an aspect of yourself, not unlike a dream. All the characters in your dream, right, they say, are some aspect of yourself. So you're walking through life, and that's really what it is. And even in this moment, like in some way, you are some aspect of me, and I am some aspect of you, you know. And so to create the actual separation, to see somebody is completely separate from you. And in fact, this is when the healing comes as a, uh, you know, from the psychological point of view, view when you actually see your parents, oh, my mother is actually just a person right in the world. She has a history. Then she gave birth to me and she's got her own issues. And to set, and, and, you know, to separate yourself from that and actually see her in that way liberates you from so much of your projections and, you know, I don't know if mothers are actually able to do that with their children or not. They come out of their body. But that that is would be actually extremely liberating. Well, in so fact, what, in mm-hmm. fact, what, what the source of most of our pain is that our like literally everybody who hasn't experienced this is in their ego structure, which is always a compensation for lovelessness. So, so it's actually impossible to see the other. It's actually, you can't because they only exist to bolster up your 
right your sense of real your your sense that you are real that's their only right. purpose you are real you are lovable you are somebody you matter that's their only purpose they're, right. they're just there we appropriate them to make to reassure ourselves of our deepest what actually terrifies us and that is that deep down we were taught that we don't matter that we are unlovable that we're unworthy that we're bad that it's our fault that we're helpless that we're hopeless because of this lovelessness and the source of that is our own mothers had their own narcissistic wounds they appropriated us to fill their right. emotional wound right and so it just gets passed on and on and on and what you have is rampant narcissism yes everybody sees in a person like donald trump right where that he gets accused of being so narcissistic because it's all about him but the truth is he's a manifestation he's just an amplification of all of our egoic structures this is what we do to each other mm -hmm. we don't really as you as you pointed out see each other we can't yeah. Until we've puked on the carpet. Many times. <laughs> Many times. Yeah. Because because the other thing to say about that is just that that's the source of our deepest pain and our deepest alienation is we can't get out of the narcissistic looping. We're stuck with ourselves. Mm. We are stuck with ourselves and we fucking hate it. It's 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 uh it's torture. Because right. we can't get out of the loop of ourselves, and we're isolated and we're alienated and we go and find a guru or the next psychological program. Or it'll be, and what we're trying to escape more than anything else is this sense that there is no other. Is this feeling that we are alone with this shit. We're alone. We are totally alone. Yeah. It's not actually true. Yeah. But when I but when I broke out of it and I was given this first principle, there is mm -hmm. there is an other. I was going like, "Wow, yeah, you no, ex I, you exist, Jesus, as something separate from me." Yeah, as infinitely other, yeah, unfathomably, unknowably other. And this is the ontological rationale then for God as love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Be because the, the, and this is the delivery of the second principle that I was given, mm -hmm. which is I care. Mm. And the experience of that was like having to travel across an infinite number of universes to arrive at this principle. You are unfathomably infinitely other than me therefore the only way to connect with you is to care despite the fact or because of the fact that you are other the only bridge to you is is genuinely caring and and discovering that you care and that's why this principle came to me that ethics precedes metaphysics it precedes theology it precedes philosophy it's ontologically privileged because it's built into the fabric of the universe from the get-go that otherness is real mm -hmm. and the only way to bridge that is through love mm. so 
the Ten Commandments say, the simple ten rules to live by, is all you need. You don't need to understand any of the philosophy. If you can live by a certain ethical code, I'm just using that as an example, hmm. that's all you really need. Is that is that what you mean? Well, you know, you the, ten, the Ten Commandments in my experience, everything else. Mm-hmm. the Ten Commandments in, uh, are are actually phenomenological statements. They're, they're, they're encapsulations of what the author or authors have actually experienced. But, but, but so they're not abstract principles that are made up after the fact so the community won't kill each other, won't right. destroy each other. They're actually, they, they arose out of this bedrock of reality or nature mm-hmm. or God, mm-hmm. which, uh, <clears throat> and, and so it, it's a statement of, what you they're, they're stated um, in the language of what you may not do, what you what you may not do. Just just resist doing these things, and this other thing called love will self organize your community. Right, it will emerge. Yeah, just you don't, don't need, you don't need to understand anything else. Yeah, just don't do this shit. <laughs> and the love out of which we were given these ethical principles, yeah, will have its way with you. Right. That's that's kind of my understanding of you know the the ten commandments, you know. Well, and your your two commandments are to 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 realize that there is another and care, and if you do that, yeah, then everything will organize around that. Yeah, because because you will in in so doing, you will be manifesting God, right? Who right. is love. Now this has implications for, for again a preference of that I have for sort of the Western spirituality versus Eastern, and I'm sure there's a way to make them work together. I'm just not smart enough. But you know, everyone's into Alan Watts and ultimate reality or God is. Uh, we're all God. Everything's God playing hide and seek with God's self. Right. From to me, that's a description of ultimate. Absolute narcissism mm. is just is all God's all we are is God playing with God's self. We have no individuality, no sovereignty. This is where I hang on to. Actually, I'm I'm other to that. I mean, I'm a I'm a I'm a manifestation of it. I'm a I'm a uh-huh. I'm a spark of light. I'm made uh-huh. in that. I'm made in that image. That's why I know. That's why I can know this. But it's important for me to to orient from that place of actually being an other to the otherness of God. And I, I orient, understand. Orient in and through love, and it's it's a little bit abhorrent to me. Because abhorrent. then it's just like it's it's abhorrent. Yeah. It's, a, it's a little bit like God as narcissistic mother just using me to awaken to God's self. I and understand. just to have an experience of God's self. Well, fuck off. Right. Like I just say, fuck off. Like right. quit using me like that. I'm like the moment I emerge out of this milieu of creativity into a form, 
in time and space and in this body, mm -hmm. I'm absolutely other. Right. I'm the sovereign being. I understand. I'm not. I'm not that. Right. I'm. I'm. A, I'm a sliver of that. Yes. I'm. I'm. I. I. I I'm born with capacity for consciousness of that I can be connected to, to that. Mm -hmm. And and in and through that connection, be in relationship with my lower nature, which right. is also beautiful. Right. And walk in the way. Yeah. It, well, I, I, you know, I understand that as we, people say, oh, we're, we're here, we're spiritual beings here to have a human experience. And if you understand, like, who you really are, that you are essentially God, you are an expression of God, and it's all one thing. And if you can hold that in your consciousness and dance with life lightly, you're going to be able to manifest all you desire and live open and filled with love and connection. And I hear that. I understand that. But I guess what I always say is, well, but I'm here to have the human experience. So part of having the human experience is I'm going to suffer. I'm going to get in conflict. I'm going to succumb to my lower nature. I'm... I'm here to figure it out and I want to have the full range of the experience. So yes, that's true. And maybe it's the way that I hold that, but if I, I can't find myself unless I get lost in it, I have to yeah. uh, uh, like, you know, like when I made that choice to, to go home with that woman, I wanted to do that. And, and I, because I wanted to have that experience and looking back on it now, I don't really regret it. Right. And I don't know if that's what exactly what you're talking about, but that's how I I I hear it in some yeah, way it's in my not, mind. Yeah, you don't hold yourself, you're not ashamed of it, you don't feel guilty. You're right. Not, you're not judging yourself. Right. In that sense, you know, and either is whatever we were talking about. Either is God. God. Yeah. Right? Yes, God's exactly. Saying, you had an experience, so learn right. from it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not the end of the world. It's just, it's just no. an experience. But there is a bias towards awakening. Yes. And I, I, I just want to say, yeah, absolutely. Like you're, you're you know, like you, as, as a distinct individual, you suffer. You, you have the freedom not to obey the, whatever way you choose, whatever yeah. way you think is highest, all of that. But you do so as an actual individual, mm -hmm. not merely as God having an experience of God's self. Like, I understand. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, that's what that's I your think. that's and, your that's and I yeah. and I may be wrong about that. You may I be wrong. There are people out there who are able to like it's possible from a non-dual from the view from sixty thousand feet. This all resolves itself. Mm -hmm. You know. So why uh, do you think you're interested in all this? Like, because there, there, why does it matter? You are. Yeah, yeah. Why does it matter for you? Like, and yeah. you have a strong opinion about it. You think about this stuff all the time. You spent your whole life investigating it in some form or other. Do you, ha do you have any sense of, of why? Or can you even understand why? I don't know. There's something about sovereignty, the sovereignty of the individual, which matters to me a lot. For one thing, like, there's been four world revolutions fought, rivers of blood shed, 
to affirm the dignity of the individual, the, the otherness of the individual, the rights of the individual to be individual and not subject to the whims of the state. Right. So, so I'm, you know, having been born after those revolutions, I, that I think informs it, it, it actually matters. The French revolution, the American revolution. Yeah. The Russian revolution. Um, is there, maybe there's only three, the three, but there's been revolutions. There's been revolutions as particularly mm -hmm. in the modernist period. Yeah. All of which have been in one way or another about the dignity of the individual because yes. we got lost in the state. Yes. Just as we can get lost in the cosmos, we mm -hmm. can get lost in mm. unitive, unitive theologies. We mm. can get lost in, in the mother who doesn't see us. Mm. And, you know, the, so there, there's something about, there's something about the statement, not as, not as a, not as a statement of egoic narcissism, uh, in, in captured by the words, I matter. And you matter. Like, I matter because, you know, there'll never be another being born in the world like me. And the universe will be deprived of me if I can't find a way of expressing that uniquely. I, finding my voice and my own creative channels. And the same is true, of course, of you and everybody else. Mm -hmm. So if that's lost in a big pool of unity then the universe can't be right the universe mm -hmm. it needs us to be individuals so that the self-expression the forms of self-expression therefore actually matter like i don't think it's just one being that human beings are one being and we're all cells we're all in that one, being. You know, it's like, like, like we're, there's no separation anywhere. That's true. Right. But that doesn't mean we're all one. You know, in cosmology, you know, physicist Brian Swim talks about three fundamental dynamics of the evolving universe. One is communion. Absolutely. There is no separation anywhere. But another is individuation. And that is that once... Once a new kind of being emerges, it's forever and it's actually distinct. So you get communion, you get differentiation. And the third thing is subjectivity, which is the affirmation of interiority, that we are subjects, not just objects. We are actual uh, subjects of, who enjoy conscious experience and therefore need to be taken seriously. So mm. all three of those things, I think, need to be present um, for us to be fully human. We need to realize that we form a unity with everything that is, and we mm -hmm. are at one level manifestations of that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But we're also differentiated from that. We're unique. That mm -hmm. uniqueness is important. That's, yes. that's what I'm talking about is sovereignty. Yes. And we're also subjects. We're not objects. We have, especially as humans, the capacity to be agents. We're, we're agentic. We, we can act upon the world, and those actions actually matter. 
Right. So it's, it's, it, I mean, all these things can exist at the same time. They have, they have to, to exist. They have, they have to. to. Yeah. I understand that. That makes they, sense to me. They I have can, to. I, I can find the logic in that. Yeah. So what so, do you think is... So why does this matter? I, I don't yeah. know. Like, I, there's something in me that's, like, been committed to, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> you know, like, how, what, is how this, far, what is this how, mystery that we're, we're involved yeah. in? Life. I mean, uh, like, what the hell? So maybe also just at that level. Well, I wonder, I mean, I, you know, I share the same quest in my own way to try to, you know, there's a puzzle to solve or, or I want to figure it out. Um, is it, is, is it figure, figurable outable? Is it, is it possible to understand? I mean, somebody said to me recently, it's like your biggest problems, you keep, you're trying to figure this shit out. There's nothing to figure out. You can't figure it out. Yeah. Like stop trying to figure it out. Just, just live, just accept and live. And there's something in the acceptance where you, you can figure it out not through the mind, like not through logic and reason, but but through felt experience, like, yeah, beautiful. you know, it's like, it's like Yoshi, right? Like, you know, my teacher, you know, if you meet him, he just comes off almost like a simpleton in a way. And, but then he starts to sing and he, you know, and at first you're like, okay, but then you sit in ceremony with him or in a sweat lodge and you, when he really goes there, you're like, oh, he's, wow, he's communicating something through his drum and through his song that is so powerful. Yeah. And you, you're like, he knows something. He knows something. Right. He can't not know something. And then you sit down and you have a little conversation with him and he, he expresses something, not that he's read in a book, but just, just a, a kind of fundamental understanding about the nature of reality that it's one of the deepest statements that, you know, you've ever heard. Yeah. And you know, I know he's read some books. I mean, he's not illiterate, but most of it has come, most of it, the, the knowledge that he's acquired has come through sitting in sweat lodges. It's, it hasn't come through teachings necessarily. And he'll sit there, you know, with the drum. And he's like, oh, you know, so many lessons in the drum, just oh, so many lessons in the drum. And you're just like, so many lessons in the drum. <laughs> what does that mean? Right. So many, but if you play a drum all your life, there are going to be lessons in that drum. And there's something about, I mean, this is why I'm fascinated with him because he dedicated his whole life to one thing, Hmm. singing Lakota songs. Mm -hmm. That's it. I mean, and everything that goes with that, the red road, but full commitment to the red road. And in, in through that, he found God. Yeah, I totally get it. It's amazing. Right? I mean, this happened to me in ayahuasca ceremonies too. As soon as the Lakota chants started <clears throat> coming on, especially the stronger ones, you know, it was a, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I would be in a fetal position, totally suffering. And I just knew that it was a summons to sit straight, get like straight in your, right. back, straight right. in your fucking backbone, dude. Yeah. You're, you're a warrior. Like, like, yeah. S- straighten up. Like There's it was, a call it was, in them. It was a definite call, and I have to yeah. pull myself together and straighten my backbone. And I often experienced that the words themselves weren't uh, describing reality. They were reality in the form of 
the words. Yes. There was a direct mm-hmm. link to mm-hmm. the mystery. It was it was happening in the drum and in the chant itself. They a direct it's link not like, to the mystery. It's not like yeah. they had an experience and they said, "Well, I think I'll write about that." And right. Yeah. No. No. They found it through the music. Like they went into the music and it, yeah, it came out. Yeah. It was the revelation itself. Mm -hmm. It wasn't describing the revelation. Right. Or, you know. Yeah. It's a tech. This is what's interesting about those experiences on on all psychedelics. It's like when I described to you my LSD experience, it's not like I engineered those two principles. I it finished with my reason. I was finished with my reason. My reason sickened me. I came to the absolute end of it. Then it was given. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? right, right, so, right, right. So the traditions talk about this as <clears throat> revelation versus rational knowing. I understand. There's a givenness to it. Like, oh, oh, okay. I could never have figured this out in a thousand years. Thanks very much. Aquinas, there's a guy named Thomas Aquinas, he was a medieval theologian. He wrote like this, his, his Summa Theologica, which was like thousands of thousands of pages, this sort of, he was wrapping up all of his thinking about God. And in, in the final pages of that, he had an actual revelation and he stopped writing. He never wrote another thing. Really? Yeah, he, he was given everything he needed to know and he realized that his thousands of pages... He needed to be silent. Yeah, I'm going through that. I mean, I think it's important for me to write or make videos to organize the information in my head and to be able to communicate it. But there's another part of me that's just like, no, just come to my workshops or it it will all be communicated. I don't want to have to explain it in that way. It, like you have to come experience what it is and there's something in and, and you know but i'm i, I want to also market myself and all of that so i i feel really caught but i don't want to i don't want to explain it because it, it this i mean i know it's necessary but there's something about it that just i i can feel this resistance to it it's like no i don't want to just come just come and experience it and that's why i love that's why i'm loving the sweat lodge you know every wednesday night like i've like i've said to you it's like i you know you go in there there's a ceremony. There's there's a technology to it. They heat up the rocks. Those rocks are really hot. You're in this confined space. It's dark, and then the drum starts and the singing, and it transports you into some other space, some other dimension of reality. And in that dimension of reality, there is information. There is a knowing. There is an understanding. You have access to something different, and it changes you. Mm-hmm. What exactly that is? How to describe that? I. I, I I mean, I could attempt it, but I would just say, well, just go to a sweat lodge. <laughs> right, right. Like, don't, you have to go. It's the same with the ayahuasca ceremony. You you can describe it. We can talk about it, but you have to go experience it. Yeah. And, and then you know something. Yeah. Like, you know something that you can't not know after that. Yeah, that's it. We are... We are in some kind of, is it, is it fair to say we're in some kind of awakening? I mean, so many people are uh, journeying, are going mm-hmm. to psychotherapy or becoming psychotherapists or breath work or becoming plant guides, medicine, becoming guy. I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. 
Yeah. And I asked myself, why? Why did I leave my career as an actor to do this thing that I'm doing? And there, mu- there must be something larger at work that's calling me to this. It, there must be a need hmm. for this service that I'm offering. And, you know, we see what's happening in the world. Yeah. And it's exactly what you said. Like, like the, the state, it feels to me like is uh, trying to take control of shit. And it makes sense to me that, you know, in, in a period of change and transition and awakening, uh, the old systems are going to clamp down. They're going to try to retain control and they're going to do everything they can. And they're going to be subject to their uh, lizard brain, their lower self. Hmm. They'll lie, cheat, steal, do whatever, and they'll rationalize it. And I think that's what's happening right now. I'm not buying anything. I'm literally not buying any of it right now. I've I just even the is the you know the virus real? Okay, yeah, it's fucking it's real. But it everything else around it just seems like a complete yeah. fucking lie. Yeah. Well, and you even hear them talking about this virus, like literally, you know, this virus was one of our greatest opportunities to implement the reset that Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum has been, right. you know, describing and it's being implemented. We, well, are, it's, we are in the midst of it. We are in the midst of it. And people will say it's a conspiracy theory. And you're like, dude, the guy wrote a book called The Great Reset. What the fuck are you talking about? Every government around the world, all the Western governments are all using the same phrase, build back better, build back better, build back. But they're all on the same fucking page. Yeah. So they're trying to, and I, and I get it. They, they, in their mind that, you know, climate change and technology and everything that's going on in the world, they want to reshape the world. And probably if I was in their position... I would want to do that too. And maybe I would think it was my job. Hmm. But of course, you know, they're, they're, they're blind to themselves. They think they're acting or, or I, I don't know. That's the question. I mean, yeah. I get into that with Diana, right? I'm like, wow, no, this is all unconscious. They're just rationalizing it. They don't actually know what they're doing. And she's like, no, these people are demonic. They worship Satan and they're actually evil and they know what they're doing. <laughs> right. right. And I'm like, oh, maybe you're right. <laughs> like, you know, like it's hard to know. It's hard to know. Like, what, like I think there are only two games in town. One, one is a world that arises from an ethic of love and one is the world that arises from an ethic of domination. And if you haven't explicitly chosen love, the only other game in town is domination. Right. And I think these guys, you know, whether they're evil or not, uh, they are acting with evil intent. Yes. uh, In terms of their fantasy uh, in and through a kind of utopian vision, which which invariably become totalitarian. The, the most noble visions and people people who think that they know how things should be and we're going to implement this, we're going to engineer it into existence, uh, you end up with totalitarianism. Of course. Or dictatorship. There are subtle differences between the two, but totalitarianism is a total world capture in which the people themselves think it's working on their behalf. So, you know, the rhetoric of you will own nothing and be happy. 
Yeah, is, well, who's going to own it? Oh, well, you don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. The fucking pigs are going to own it, like an animal fucking farm. I mean, read a book, people. And just look at history. It's so, it, and I've had it with these fucking sheep. I really have. Hmm. I put up with them with five years, for five years, the last five years with Trump. But it's just, you know, I'm ready for us to finally win this war and have these people ha- have their heads shaved and walk through the uh, the streets like they did with the Nazi sympathizers. I mean, I've really had it. And if you're listening it's- right now, you're one of them. Fuck you. I've honestly, I fucking had it because they're they're trying to take us down. The amount of heat that I have taken over the last five years. And by the way, I've been right about everything. I've been right about, I know that's my ego. I understand that. I understand it's my arrogance. It's also true. Go back and look at all my fucking videos. It's like, I'm not perfectly right about anything, but I'm directionally correct about everything. It seems so obvious to me. And I guess it's human nature. I don't know, but it's like these people now feel like dangerous to me and I don't want to otherize them. They're just deluded and it's scary. And I understand people who, you know, listen, they're just, they're trying to make a living. They got three kids. They got to keep their job. They got to play ball. But like we have a, what feels to me like an authoritative force coming down, hmm. trying to control us. And yeah. I also understand that I am somebody who scored extremely low in the agreeableness test, <laughs> like in the one percentile, like and zero in politeness, like, like just like nothing. <laughs> And so it's my nature to be like, fuck you, but I can't help it. That's how I was born. Um, and I now understand not everybody's like that and, and that a lot of people are agreeable. And so they just go along and so I should, I shouldn't judge them. But like, what do we, what do we do Yeah. right now? I mean, what the fuck do you do? I don't know. Like, that's my dilemma too, especially with like where I'm kind of a little bit hung up is like I have people who I consider to be friends. Right. Who are unwilling or unable to look at alternative media, alternative narratives. And I find myself losing respect. Yes. Are they? And so what, what happens now with those and with family? What happens now? Yeah. Like my sister's, you know, masking up because I'm present as an unvaccinated person. Right. <laughs> and, you know, Oh, what's my relationship with her after this? I don't know. If it ever passes. I like, don't know. Because I, don't, I know. Like, there's a part of me that doesn't, like, I feel, um, I hate being hated. Like, yes. Maybe that makes me agreeable. But I feel like my prime minister comes on the TV and says, points a finger and says, for those of you who remain unvaccinated, there will be consequences. Pointing the finger. It's yeah. just, they're so, it's so filled with hate. Of course. You know, let them die. I'm going, that's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're talking about me here. Like, what, what are you, what are you doing? Um, and it, it, it hurts. Like it actually. It hurts. Yeah. It actually hurts. Mm-hmm. And, but in some ways, like I think all the great poets and mystics and religious leaders, like, had to contend with this, like the 80% mm-hmm. of the world that they didn't belong to. It's like when mm-hmm. Je- Jesus says to Pilate when he's being interrogated, and mm-hmm. Pilate, are you the king of the Jews? And uh, you're of this world? And he said, mm-hmm. you know, my kingdom is not of this world. I, I don't, 
I don't acknowledge this world. Right. It's like I don't live in this world that you right. I'm not interested in it. I don't you can have the power there. It's like, but it's got nothing to do with me. But then how does he relate to that world? Yeah. Like what do, what does this ethic of love ask for? Um in relation to those who hate us, I, you know, you know, it's it. it yeah, and, and I know. There's um, there's something you know called idiots' compassion, where those mm-hmm. who are being oppressed have compassion for those oppressors. So it's not you can't go there. Those who are being oppressed have compassion for their oppressors. And no, I don't have any compassion. No, I'm not going there. It's idiot no. idiots' no. compassion. Well, I can have understanding. I don't have compassion. Yeah. I, I, I understand. Well, you know, you you said love or what was the, it's either love or dominance. And, and, and you know, love, if it's love or fear and that dominance is an expression of fear, that these people are afraid. Yeah. I mean, Trudeau, he's in over his fucking head. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Who is this guy? What has he ever done? He's done shit. He's yeah. done nothing in his life. He's built nothing. He created nothing. He just skated by in life on the reputation of his father. He was a celebrity, a prince in Canada. He just, whatever he skied, he went to high school, you know, as a high school teacher, whatever. And then all of a sudden he's the prime minister of Canada. What does he know? What has he actually done? That's the thing about Trump. He wasn't a fucking lawyer like these other no. fucking knuckleheads. When you actually look like, what did Obama actually do? Well, he was a community organizer and a professor at a university. That's what he did before he became pre- president. Trump was doing deals all over the world. He, you know, he was a big person in the world that that succeeded and failed, and he understood how things worked. That's a good quality, and I think now that we've had somebody like that, I want I I only want people like that who actually done real shit in the world not not they're just not theory in their fucking head this Mm. guy's got to be overwhelmed he's got to be afraid he's got you know people are whispering in his ear and yeah he's he's never he's never been towing the line right he's never no he's never been initiated and he's got no balls yeah he's like i'd love to see him go to an ayahuasca ceremony or 20 and yeah get get undone yeah, or or get in the ring with somebody like Joe Rogan, who knows Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and just feel what it's like to have a fucking arm around your throat, yeah, and just feel the air choking out of you, and just to to have some humility about what the actual nature of life is. Yeah, that's that's what these people lack. Yeah, and it's and taking orders from these people hmm. is just like. Fuck you. Yeah. So I've I've had it. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, if you get lost in your own resentment and anger and fear, like I went down a couple of days ago. And, you know, when I woke up to the news, I didn't wake up to it. It was before I went to bed. I think it was Friday night. I saw that Trudeau said that you can't travel. Can't travel. Yeah. It's domestic. No planes, no yeah. trains. Yeah. So that means you can't leave the country. You can't get on a plane and fly to the U.S., as I understand it, or Europe or unless, wherever. Unless, I think you could still, for example, get on a Mexican airline, not a, not a Canadian oh. airline. And you could you still could. I, I don't know for sure. You could two oh. weeks ago. 
Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, it's chilling. The noose is. It's chilling. Yeah. The noose well, is tightening. I have, I have uh, family in Canada. My dad's not vaccinated because, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> hey, I like that. You know, he's, he's fucking holding the line he, and he's, he should be probably be vaccinated. He's actually has a fucking lung condition and he's 74 years old, but he's like, fuck that. He'll, wow. and he'll go down. He doesn't care. He's, he's like, he's not having it. So I'm like, am I never going to see my father again? Like I really felt the fear of that oppressive force and, and it triggered something from my history. And I went down for a day and it was, wow. I was in a lot of discomfort and, you know, and this has happened a number of times over yeah. the last 18 months with COVID where like my, this, 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 this feeling of like being oppressed, being under somebody's thumb and not being able to do anything about it. And then the rage comes and then the anger and the resentment and like, okay, you know, let's go to war. Yeah. And I can feel that becomes its own distortion. So it's like, how do you, how do you exist in this place? I think that's, you know, cause you can't ignore it. You can't pretend it's not there. Yeah. But you also can't be consumed with uh, with it, uh, you know, and, and and fighting it all the time. I don't want to be an online warrior just constantly pointing out every contradiction and every lie because it's that 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 that'll just go on for the end of time. Yeah, it's so surprising. It feels- it's like you can spend too much time like with the darkness, yeah. as well, and you know, like like you going on a vision quest, for example, right. Just staying connected to spirit in whatever way, whatever that means to you, whatever your practice is, I think is critical. And I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I shared with you that three weeks ago I went to be with my father who was dying, and mm-hmm. uh, there I experienced like as an unvaccinated person, uh, a they weren't going to let me in, uh, <clears throat> and then I got this exception because I was on a list. But once I got there. You know, I just like everything, all the protocols had to change because I was unvaccinated. And as soon as I came in contact with my father, that made him a health risk. So all the ward had to gown up like 15 nurses. They all, suddenly they had to put gowns on, masks on, gloves on, booties on uh, anytime they went into the room. All of my family went from not having to do that because they're all vaccinated to having to do that because of me. And I carried that for four days, like in nights where I just said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to carry the weight of making everybody else have to change their protocols and knowing it was me who did it, <laughs> you know? I love that. Right? Good for you. Fuck then, them. Yeah. yeah well, then, they, 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 it points out the absurdity of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's theater. It's, it's, it's theater. theater. It's all bullshit. Yeah, absurd. And then my father died. Um, and, you know, we do the family thing. The minister comes over to talk about the funeral. They turn to me and say, Bruce, you're, you know, you came from BC a long ways away. Um, when would it be a good day for you to, for the funeral to be? And I said, uh, you know, my, I was uh, sat there looking at my sisters, masked up. I said, uh, listen, I've, I've carried this for five days. I'm not staying for the funeral. Like I'm, mm. I'm out of here. Like I've had enough, and I didn't. Yeah. I didn't blame them. I just said it just hurts to be treated like a health risk, right? You know. So I said, "Go ahead with your funeral. I'm finished. I had my ceremony with my father. Right. You were good. I'm out of here." <clears throat> How did they react to that? Your family? Well, my sister. You know, one of my sisters was very hurt. 
you know, because mm. she said, you don't know how my family thinks about this. I said, you're, you're wearing a mask in my presence, nowhere else, but in my presence. I mean, what, how am I supposed to interpret that? Like, wow, you hurt my feelings. I said, <laughs> what about my fucking feelings? You put I on just, a mask every time you're around me. What are you fucking any, crazy? Anything about you. It's like, I just told you I was sad. And now this is about you. It's like, how about some compassion? But you just know what's going on in their minds. It's like, well, Bruce, there's a, there's a simple way out of this. Just get vaccinated and you don't have to create all this drama. You know, and then that infuriates me. You know, then I, that's when I want to. Of course, yeah, of scream. course. Yeah. Of course. And I, you know, at least I was able to be with my father, right? There's lots of mm -hmm. people who weren't able to mm -hmm. be with their dying parents over this crazy, yeah. Have they proven <laughs> that there's such a thing as asymptomatic spread? No. It's, it, they're, they're, you know, it's right from the bullshit. beginning, they said it's very yeah. rare to actually, it's, it's, it's actually doesn't happen. So... So if you don't have symptoms, you don't have COVID. Well, and the reality is if you've been Or even doubled, if you have COVID, you can't pass it on. So yeah. what's the problem? Why, why, why? And now we know that if you've been double vaxxed, you can carry a viral load that's 50 to 100 times more than the unvaccinated and not feel sick. Exactly. So that you, you can go having been protected, quote unquote, by the, and are far more likely. Because if I'm unvaccinated and sick, I'll stay home. But if right. you're vaccinated and you're carrying this huge viral load, you just go out and right. Un the vaccinated are in fact the most dangerous. Wow, I uh, that's what the studies in Israel are showing. Mm -hmm. They're just starting mm -hmm. to give it back to each other. The problem is you've been vaccinated, and if you you don't want to feel like you've been duped. Yeah, you're pretty committed to. The narrative, like very, very committed. I don't know if of course. anybody will ever give it up. No, of course not. Yeah, of course not. I mean, how many movies do these people need to see? Have they not seen a Spielberg movie? Do they not understand that in this movie, they're the bad guys? <laughs> like you're siding with big pharma, you're with big pharma, big media and the state. And then there's a small group of people who are resisting a forced medical intervention in in what movie <laughs> yeah are is the state not the bad guys in that situation i mean what are we fucking talking about here hmm. it's just bizarre that people can't see it it seems so obvious but i you know it's uh i think more people do see it i mean you know what the that uh, dutch guy was saying it's 30 30 apparently yeah. That are caught in the delusion, but it's 30, so strong. 30, 30 or something right. like that. Yeah. 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 30 see through it, but they're not, they're, they're silent. And they're 30, silent. 30% resist actively. And you're in, I'm in Texas. So, it, you know, somebody was asking me the other day, what's it like in Texas? I was like, it's, it's like normal life. There's, there's nothing different. Occasionally you see somebody with a mask in the supermarket, but that's it. It's normal life here. Yeah, not in BC, not in British Columbia, Canada. No, not in Canada at all. Like it's, not in Ontario it, we either. Are, we are not that far behind Australia. 
So you're in lockdown. What is, what what is the current state in BC? Well, I what can't. Are the, what are the you rules? Know, like I can't go to a restaurant because they'll ask for my vax passport. I can't go to a sporting event. Uh, can't go to any large gatherings. Uh, everybody, literally, everybody's masked up. Uh, the, everybody's masked up. Everywhere well, certainly every outside. Well, a lot of people are masked up outside, but not everybody. But certainly mm-hmm. anytime you're going into a store, it's just like right. everyone's masked up. Everyone's masked up for sure. You know, and you you alluded to the flight situation where we're grounded. <laughs> so, Air Mexico. And you know, how long is it going to be before they start identifying the unvaccinated and you can't get, you can't renew your license until, which in Canada, your health card is part of your license too, so. Get faxed. Really? Yeah, get faxed and or you don't get your license and you don't have access to uh, a medical of, of health care. Somebody said to me that they thought this was only going to be temporary, the flight thing. Do you think that or is this permanent? Well, you know, how do we know? Look what happened in terms of the implementation of, of the security state post 9-11. Right. A lot of those measures that were taken were never revoked. They just exactly. got, they got built in. Now we have this biosecurity protocol. And my hunch is that just like post 9-11, with the so-called biological threat, a lot of these protocols will not be revoked. And it'll just be a, a, new, a new normal. Yeah. Where people just accept a, a higher level of surveillance in all aspects of their life. I, I hope it's temporary, but, um, well, it'll evolve. Maybe, maybe the, yeah, I I, I don't see that they're going to pull that back. They never pull anything back. No, I think you're exactly right. And that's the danger. And they're in cahoots with, uh, big tech. I mean, that whole fiasco that went on with Facebook, that's a all bunch of bullshit. The fucking whistleblower. That's CIA, she's CIA, obviously. Look at her. Look at her. And then she's she's on Twitter, 50,000 followers, verified immediately. Right. She's on 60 Minutes. She's got perfect testimony. I mean, it's just such theater so that they can... And it's all oh, the, the the girls, the teenage girls, it's the children. We're the ruining children. the children. And so, of course, it's great for Zuckerberg because, well, hey, it's, my hands are tied. Nothing I can do. You know, we've got to eliminate this misinformation, you know, which is all, of course, going to be right wing politics and anything that counteracts the the preferred COVID narrative. And he doesn't have to he's not responsible for it anymore. Yeah. Because because of the children. Yeah. His stocks and went so, down like five billion. He's worth five billion less yeah. as a result. Like so what? So we're we're entering into a some kind of technocracy and it's really I mean it's it is scary. I mean the way I see it, 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 it if you're the elites the elites, right? The ruling class, and there is a ruling class, obviously. And you see Brexit happen. You see Trump get elected. You're like, fuck this. We've lost control of this situation. All the information has been democratized through the internet. People are waking up to the 
the truth or to alternative points of view. We got to get control of this thing. And they're looking over at China and they're like, fucking these Chinese, these motherfuckers got to figure it out. They got total control over their population. We need something like that. And they're good. That's what's happening. They're going to implement it in their own way. How the fuck did this thing get out? They're lying to us about that too. I mean, that's the thing. We don't know anything. No, we don't that's, know. That's where I get into it with people. It's like, is it not uh, curious to you that there seems to be uh, no urgency to, to discover where this virus came from when all the evidence points to a lab leak and that they were doing gain-of-function research? Shouldn't we get to the bottom of this? If we don't want this to happen again... And surely it's news when there are experts in the field who are now saying... Um, 99% sure that this came from a lab. Yeah. And it was gain of function research. But why isn't that why isn't that news? I you know Yeah, and, it's a great question. The, business, Just get your vaccine, Bruce. Just get your vaccine. Yeah. It doesn't matter now. It doesn't matter now. Just get your vaccine for the children. And if anyone has any question about this vertical integration of, you know, like big tech, uh, pharmaceuticals, government uh, the big media. Uh, look at look at the branding around ivermectin. <laughs> it's like like I just said. Well, what happens? What, what happens if I just go, you know Google ivermectin? So immediately, what comes up is a page about the medicine and uh, won a Nobel Prize in two thousand and sixteen. Yeah, almost a miracle uh, intervention for as an antiparasitic and antiviral. Uh, and yet, to a news anchor, they were they were calling it uh, horse anesthetic, horse paste. Yeah, horse paste. Don't don't yeah, use Yeah, horse this. medicine. Yeah, but, but why is Joe Rogan taking horse medicine? It's like, dude, okay, the just flat that, out lie. That's misinformation. Why aren't they banned off fucking Twitter? Why isn't CNN and the New York Times banned off Twitter? They're lying every fucking day. This whole thing is a conspiracy. It's all propaganda, people. The news <clears throat> is all propaganda all those people you love you watch on tv anderson cooper don lemon all of these fucking people they're all bought and sold by the pharmaceutical in- industry that's what it is you got to turn that shit off they're lying to you they're lying yeah. thank you i need to double check this but i've mm-hmm. heard that uh five of the six News media corporations are represented on their boards by farm pharma- by the pharmaceutical industry. Of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, just watch cable news. It's all it's all uh, pharmaceutical ads. It's all drug ads. Yeah, I mean, we, it, we're literally like Colombia or Mexico. We're run by drug cartels. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I had dinner on uh, Thanksgiving here in. Uh, in Canada. And so yeah. we had a couple over who are uh, with the program. and uh, But she's a teacher and she's being told that by the time she goes back tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, uh, to school, oh no, by the end of this week, either she will be uh, vaxxed or she will be fired. They've wow. got They've got two kids, you know, ages 14 and 13. Uh, and that's what a lot of people are facing here. It's coming down to um, scary. Yeah, it's coming down to that. It's scary. Yeah, 
It's really, really scary. How are you doing emotionally with all of this? I mean, I, I'm in Texas, so I'm surrounded by like-minded people and in a state that's pretty committed to freedom. And more and more people are coming here every day from around the United States. They're coming here for exactly to because they're they're feeling the uh, oppression in places like California and the distortion there. So, you know, it's it's not so bad, but you're in BC. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's got to be crazy right now. How how are you? How are you doing? Well, you know, I my moods shift from rage, right to um, seriously contemplating. Even though we just moved into our home a month and a half ago, uh, you know, we, you know, we find ourselves having conversations about well, uh, you know, is it time to? pick up stakes and head somewhere else. And then the conversation goes to, well, where, how, mm-hmm. how do we know if like everyone here is talking about Costa Rica, Central America. Right. But how do you know if it's different? Right. There? And so just that we can even have the conversation, having gone through the hell of moving and all of that entails indicates a pretty high level, I would say of, uh, I suppose fear that, you know, I don't want in any way to compare, you know, my experience with those of the Jews, you know, in the pre-World War II years. But from the testimonies of people, they talk about it's like the the frog in the boiling water. Yeah. You just warm it up. There's just a little intervention. Well, it's the water's okay still. And it's like you just keep turning it up until it's too late. Yeah. They don't don't jump out well you know in conversations with my friends you know we have a mutual friend up in north of courtney here Mm -hmm. you know and his family's also having the same conversation it's like when is it too late like imagine that imagine even having that thought Mm -hmm. in a country Mm -hmm. like canada yeah when is it when is it too late to actually uh move before they have your name as one of the unvaccinated and you literally can't get on a plane. Mm -hmm. What if, I mean, I can't, a year ago, I can't even imagine having that thought. It's crazy. Yeah. So that's scary. It is scary. um, Yeah. Yeah. No, I know a lot of people are feeling this way and uh, yeah, like I have one friend who, said whenever she has those thoughts she feels like she's she's crazy like it's she's not in reality and she's struggling and i just think i don't know i don't know i think i think it's i don't think it's a conspiracy i think i think it's real i mean it, it's it this is happening and it's it's not going to look the way we think it's going to look it's going to look some like something completely different and new especially because of the the surveillance state but this idea that there's going to be some kind of social credit system seems inevitable yeah just and the tracking just ev- it's all going to be there you can, yeah you behave can and just be a good citizen just be a good citizen it's going to be interesting to see what happens here in the United States because generally in 2024 or in between, sorry, in 2022, next year there's the you know the midterm elections usually swing the other way. 
And that's what it's looking like right now. So you're probably going to get a Republican House and a Republican Senate. And that's going to change the game a little bit. Mm. And Biden's numbers are down. Nobody likes Biden, obviously. And so when you're looking forward to 2024, Trump is on fire, continues to just be ranting and raving and have a ton of energy. And then you got DeSantis in Florida. Yeah. Who is incredibly strong and powerful and smart and just seems to be making sense. And they're attacking him. But Florida's doing well with COVID. So he's got a lot of leverage. And between the two of them, you have two, you know, it's two powerful candidates. How the fuck are the Democrats going to win in 2024? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So it does feel like there's the potential for, for a shift here. Yeah. Because both of those, whether it's Trump or DeSantis, they're both no nonsense around this shit. Yeah. Whereas in Canada... All the parties, virtually, there was, well, we just had an election. There was no point voting. Right, because they're all, it's all the same. Yeah, there's a new sort of what, what's being labeled as an ultra-right party, the, the People's Party. But they were the only ones who took a stand on this issue. And strangely, this is how bizarre the times are. Strangely, I went, well, maybe I should vote for the People's Party. Yeah. You know, which I, I wouldn't ever have considered in a, in a thousand years. But, you know, things are... Things are changing. What I appreciate about your the American culture is that there it, its origin story has to right. do with revolution. Yeah. And yeah. being careful uh, with the state, being cautious about the powers of the state. So you, yeah. you have an inbuilt kind of resistance we don't have here. We're still, you know, we're still under the British monarchy, for God's sake. Yeah. And the People interesting like that. thing that's happening here is, uh, that there's more and more conversation about this thing called the, about the sovereignty and more people uh, looking at the history of Canada and realizing that we're not technically even a nation. We're not a sovereign nation. We're a corporation. We, what does that mean? We never, lost the st- we never lost the status of the Hudson Bay Company. And the British government, or the British monarchy, has done its best to, to take that back. But when Trudeau tried to repatriate not Justin, but Pierre. Mm-hmm. The Constitution, uh, you know, with the Meech Lake Accord and all that business. What it was about yeah. was him him trying to repatriate the Constitution, but it didn't happen. So technically, according to this way of thinking, and with people yeah. are starting to challenge the government, the national government actually has no legal status to impose any kinds of laws or restrictions and people are going to workshops to learn how to uh, resist wow. the imposition of this fake nation state and it, it's it just just that that's happening is interesting people are are looking to opt out of the, fiction, the system uh, of the system altogether yeah, I'm looking to opt out of it. Yeah. That's what I like about Texas. It's just it, it, there is a vibe of just mind your own fucking business. Just go about your Yeah. Just go about your business and and just, you know. Yeah, let us be and let us be and we'll figure it out. And yeah, if somebody breaks into your house and okay, well the cops will show up, but otherwise, you know. And yeah, there's a little bit of law and order, but that's fine. I don't mind that. Yeah. I don't mind a little law and order. And I don't mind uh, people, you know, listen, if you're, if you're worried that uh, the person uh, who just cut you off uh, is packing heat, you might be a little <laughs> more <laughs> friendly <laughs> to people around you. I mean, it's uh, the gun thing is uh, it's not a bad thing. 
uh, to be, because yeah. it brings you into the reality of, of life in some way. You know, we want to inoculate ourselves from evil or, oh no, or I want mommy and daddy to take care of me. That's what big government is. It's like, I, I don't want to be an adult. I want to be responsible. It's like, I, I want to know that the state is going to be there to take care of me. It's like, well, yeah, okay. Of course we want to function in government and we want to feel safe. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I like, I like feeling the reality of what life actually is and, and life can be harsh and cruel and, and there's bad mm. people and to learn to protect yourself, to learn, you know, to, to, to handle a gun or to be able to handle yourself or to, to understand, uh, the threats that are out there and come to terms with them. I think that's a healthy thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not there yet, but, uh, I, I have to, <laughs> I have to say that in the last year is the first time ever that I've had sympathy for what is it? Your second amendment, a second amendment, yeah, right to bear arms, yeah. like, which is also bizarre that I mean, having that thought, it's like, well, yeah. okay, it's like the government wants to come and take my land. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't really get it till I got up to Idlewild. Well, I got it the first time when I drove through Montana on my motorcycle. And Montana's just, you know, wide open spaces. And, uh, you know, I was a Canadian, living in L.A., Democrat, liberal. And I spent three days driving through Montana. And, you know, you're on the land. You feel the land. And there was a moment I was like, man, if I lived here, I wouldn't want somebody in Washington telling me what I can or cannot do. That's crazy. And I, and I, and I could feel like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd be hunting out here. And if I wanted to have a certain kind of gun, I'd like I want, I wouldn't want somebody telling me I couldn't have that gun. Mm-hmm. And I, and I finally, I got it. Like I, and there's it, it, how disconnected I think a lot of the politicians are and, and how they're not really understanding of the average person. And that was the first awakening that I had. And then when I started to see what was happening with COVID, when I was living up in Idlewild, I was just like, yeah, no, fuck this. You you have to have an armed, an armed population to protect against the tyranny of the government. It's, it's absolutely mandatory. I mean, I would, I would encourage it. I would encourage everybody to get a gun and learn how to use it. That's what I would say, you know, and not just a, just like, it's like a serious firearm. Yeah. Not just a Glock 19. I mean, go get an AR-15 Go out to the range, learn how to shoot it, you know, you know, clean it out, have it in a safe, but just, just have it there. Just like you have an extra supply of food or a generator. If shit goes down, you don't know what the fuck is going to happen. Yeah. Anyway. The thing is you're, you're sort of, you, you know, you're, you're a reasonable guy. Of course. But like, like in the hands of those who are unreasonable or who in a moment of passion, you know, just completely, just completely lose it. You yeah, know? that's the price you pay for freedom. Yeah, it's the price you pay. It's worth it. I'm sorry, it's worth it. I get it. I get yeah. it. And you know, we we need to do everything we can to be careful with guns. But the you know, you want to be fucking Australia right now? They gave up their guns. Look what's happening. It's not happening here in fucking Texas. I'll tell you that. Bunch of fucking cowboys show up with their ARs, and be like, "Excuse me, what?" And it'd be stand down immediately. It's like, that's what you need. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> Fuck it. You're talking about a, it's power corrupts every fucking time. Yeah. 
I get it. I get it. I get the other side of the argument. I get that people get killed, but people are going to get killed one way or the other. So pick your poison. I've picked mine. That's how I feel. I mean, we shouldn't be giving AR-15s to 18-year-olds without, you know, some training and shit. I, I, there's reasonable gun laws and restrictions. I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. suggesting that, you know, I'm not, I'm not like all NRA crazy, but at the same time, um, I don't know. I'm that guy. What can I tell you? <laughs> I'm in Texas now. <laughs> you are a Texan now for sure. Yeah. Well, this is, this is the, uh, I'm, I'm on, uh, the resistance, uh, the center of the resistance here in Texas. You are. This is the spot. Come to Texas, Bruce. You'll love it. Yeah, I've thought about it. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. I can't if I could get there to just visit, you know, that'd be nice. But Yeah, come visit. Can't. I know. Well you can <laughs> drive, can't you? Yeah. It's a nice drive. Yeah, you yeah. can drive. Well you can you can leave the country, right? You can, can cross you? the border yeah. by car. I don't know. I don't know. Like I think you have to be double vaxxed. Yeah. To leave the country in a fucking car? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. He's fucking Yeah, for sure. Guys. No, that's for sure. You do. What? Yeah. I mean, I get it. You can't get on a plane or a train, but if you're in your own fucking bubble vehicle. But you're, t- you're bringing it into. Into the United into States? The United States. Oh, my God. <laughs> Psychotic. Yeah, it's crazy. Bruce. Have we, have we just about solved it? No, we've solved nothing. Right. But uh, we've expressed our feelings. We talked about God. We talked about COVID. And um, I've, uh, I've uh, demonstrated my righteousness, I think, pretty well. Which is important. Mm-hmm. Well, I, part of the podcast is to, you know, it's to reveal all the sides of me, including my, my, my shadow, including my arrogance and righteousness. It can't just be the good parts of me, Bruce. It's got to be... <laughs> All the parts of the me that are assholes. I love it when people. I love it when people hate me. You don't like it. I like it. It's powerful. Do you, do you really like? Honestly, like it when people. I'm getting there. I'm. I'm starting. Well, I'm starting to understand that it's inevitable. Like I. I didn't really fully understand it until. Uh, really, until recently. It's always been this way. Somebody told me huh. before they met me. They heard about me that I was provocative that uh, I was divisive and I was like, what, what are you talking about? Why? Like, I don't know. That's, that's the word on the street. I was like, okay. And then I was told I was hated in my core energetics community, the radical liveness community. Somebody's like, no, 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 you're, you're hated. I was like, for what? Okay. So I'm in your mind. Well, I speak, I speak my mind. I don't hold back. And, uh, so people, and, and this with the, with this podcast too, I get, I get feedback. Not nobody, nobody gives me the feedback, by the way. I don't get one fucking email or comment (laughs) from anybody directly to me. They say it through somebody else. Cowards, you fucking coward. Why don't you, and by the way, anybody who disagrees with me, like Trump, COVID, come on. I'm happy to have you on the podcast. I'll debate anybody, anytime. I never get a reply. Yeah. But they just they just want to criticize from afar and eh, whine and bitch. And I'm done with these fuckers. I'm done being kind yeah. or understanding or sympathetic. It's like it, it, it there's too much at stake. So you can all go fuck yourselves. Or write me a fucking email, come on the podcast and tell me what I'm wrong. Hmm. 
but I'm not seeing that happening. I mean, the only response I get on Facebook to my videos is, you're an idiot. I mean, that's it. <laughs> like, there's literally no argument. It's like, you're an idiot? Are they, that's that's your that's your best? Like, wh- what part of it? Where, where am I an idiot? Can you please... Just, that's it. You're an idiot. You're stupid. Uh. Okay. Yeah. And these are from smart people. Yeah. Smartness, They're in the matrix. Smartness doesn't matter. No. The cognitive dissonances. So I feel resentment and pain around that being not being seen. So I don't, but I'm, you know, I'm getting used to it. I mean, I have no choice. It's just, it is painful. You know, so I, I that, that's been my, my, uh, my journey is, because uh, I was resentful, you know, the Trump thing. I was just angry and resentful for a long time that that uh, I was being attacked for for it. And uh, now I've just finally had to accept it. I don't know that I fully do. I mean, I have to vent once in a while. Yeah. I mean, there are moments when I'm not proud of myself. Like, you know, I was, uh, I'm was i a tennis player. And uh, we, we kind of gathered together four players. And before we started playing... You know, the three of them, others were going on about how someone was excluded from the tennis tournament because uh, he wasn't vaxxed and, you know, what the fuck's wrong with that guy? And uh, it's like, it's not like this is Nazi Germany. And uh, and I remain silent. And I still think about mm. that moment, you know, of I, I just wanted to play fucking tennis. It's like, right. you know, I just, but, you know, and, and then then what happens is that, all the tennis goes indoors, but now all the bubbles are being, you know, uh, manned. So you can't get in. So I can't play tennis. Anyways, big deal, right? Like that's that's not a big deal. But I think like ex- I experience you, and it's um, it's bolstering, and I, I feel like I want to find a way to stand in myself and to stand in those kinds of conversations at tennis court which is centered and coming from the heart, but clear, you mm-hmm. know, just clear. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I feel like I'm not there yet. And I think partly it's because I feel like I'm going to get so fucking angry. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like, like I still, like I st- it touches into that fire of rage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realize I don't want to come from that place because I, I, would, I would pick up my bag and I would just leave the game. Right. right. Like maybe, maybe that's where... I'll end up, but maybe you gotta let the rage out. Maybe you just gotta throw down. Maybe you just gotta drop one of these motherfuckers. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, you might. This might be the way through. I'm just. It's not just a suggestion. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm You know, you don't hold back. Maybe that's what these guys need. I mean, sometimes that's that's what's appropriate. I'm I'm half kidding. Um, my answer is always, uh, I don't want to. Are you vaccinated? No. No, that's it. I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't need to Why? justify myself. I don't I don't every part of me says no and uh, I made a commitment to myself a long time ago that I wasn't gonna betray my instincts, betray my what what feels good or bad to me, and this doesn't feel good to me, so I'm not doing that for anybody or anything. That's my commitment to myself. That's yeah. my that's it. That's it. And yeah. if you can't accept that, it's like okay. And I don't, you know. <laughs> I don't know, because because as soon as you're in the debate or the argument, by the you know, then I mean, I just, and then I go with the natural immunity. I'm like, what about natural immunity? That's where you win the argument every time. Yeah, that's what I'm using now too. 
Yeah, it's like then they have to shut up, and you have to say, you know, and and the but lies. But they still they don't let you in the bubble. No, they don't let you in the bubble, but that's fine. But at least they feel that they're. Re- Hopefully, what I want is for them to feel when they lay their head in the pillow that night, like that they're ridiculous and they're cowards. I yeah. want them to know that. I want them to sit in that and stew in that when they look in the mirror. I want them to feel the shame. I have a really great piece uh, from an <laughs> immunologist. Uh, uh, professor of immunology at the University of Guelph here in Ontario. <clears throat> and he's written to his president of his university who've uh, mandated that all students, all staff, all service staff, everybody has to be vaccinated. And this guy has all the tests that his antibodies are strong because of natural immunity and calls out right. the president from a very scientific yeah. place, you know. Um, it's very powerful. I'll send it to you. Yeah, send me that. Yeah. Crazy times we're living in. Beautiful times in some way. We're going to win this war. We've won the war. It's already been won in some other timeline. Right. And I feel confident about that. Uh, but thank you for coming on, Bruce. Thank you for the conversation. Yeah, and, I love, uh, love talking to you. Yeah, man. Um, miss you. Love you. I don't know when I'm going to see yeah, you next again. You Sometime soon. I don't know. They're gonna not going to let me in fucking Canada. No. I have to make. I think what the 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 way out is to make a lot of money, and then you just fly private. You have no a lot problems. of fuck you money. Yeah, you got to get fuck you money. That's what I'm focused on. <laughs> get rich. That ain't gonna happen in my lifetime, dude. What are you talking? Not about? with me. Might what are you talking about with you? <laughs> you could get rich. Uh huh. Just put you just put your mind to it. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I'll get rich and All right, uh, you get I'll rich send you. Then. I'll send you a plane. You can fly you down to Texas and. You don't have to worry about a mask or any bullshit. All right.